Well, good evening, everybody. How are you all doing? Welcome to Good Vibes with Jason V, a Broad Minds and More podcast. And uh, wanted to do add a, an addition, some additions to um, reading The Alchemist. And I don't exactly know where I left off, but I'm going to continue on pa- page, was it 19 and 20? Yeah, so let's just uh, get started. So, the last time we left off, before I forget, um, I believe I was talking about how Diego was headed off to find the pyramids, his personal journey, or, you know, he was supposed to um, take off, basically, because of this fortune that... uh, this woman had read to him oh no excuse me it's not Diego Santiago Santiago and uh, he took off he started on his journey and then he's come across an old man you know and so that's where we're gonna kind of pick up where we uh, we left off the sheep were at the gates of the city in the stable that belonged to a friend The boy knew a lot of people in the city. That was made traveling appeal to him. He always made new friends. And he didn't need to spend any, all of his time with them. When someone sees the same people every day, as he had happened with him at the seminary, they wind up becoming part of that person's life. And then they want a person to change. If someone isn't what others want them to be, the others become angry. Everyone seems to have a clear idea of how other people should lead their lives, but no one about his or his own. Let me just stop for a moment. Isn't that kind of true? If you're around some people, there's always people to give you advice. Same friends telling you how you should live. Anyway, getting back to the story. He decided to wait until the sun sunk at a bit lower in the sky before following his flock back through the fields. Three days from now, he would be with the merchant's daughter. He started to read the book that he had bought. One of the very first pages described a burial ceremony, and the name of the people involved were very difficult to pronounce. If he ever wrote a book, he thought he would present one person at a time so that the reader wouldn't have to worry about memorizing all those names. When he was finally able to concentrate on what he was reading, he liked the book better than the burial was on a snowy day, and he welcomed a feeling of of being cold. As he read on, an old man sat down at his side and tried to strike up a conversation. What are you reading? Or excuse me, what are they doing? The old man asked, pointing at the people in the plaza. Working, the boy answered dryly, making it look as if he wanted to concentrate on his reading. Actually, he was thinking about shearing his sheep in front of the merchant's daughters so that he could see 
that there was someone who was capable of doing difficult things. He had already imagined the scene many times. Every time the girl became fascinated with the explained, as when he explained that the sheep had to be sheared from back to front. He also tried to remember some good stories to relate as he sheared the sheep. Most of them, he had read books, but he would tell them as if they were from his personal experience. She would never know the difference because she didn't know how to read. Meanwhile, the old man persisted in his attempt to strike up a conversation, and he said to the, that he was tired and thirsty and asked if he ha- might have a sip of the boy's wine. The boy offered his bottle, hoping the old man would leave him alone. But the old man wanted to talk. He asked the boy what book he was reading, and the boy attempted to be rude and move to another bench. But his father taught him to be respectful of the elderly. So he held out the book to the man for two reasons. First, that he himself wasn't sure of how to pronounce the title. And the second, that if the old man didn't know how to read, he would probably feel ashamed and decide on his own to accord to change benches. Hmm, said the old man, looking at all sides of the book as if it were some strange object. This is an important book, but it's really irritating. The boy was shocked. The old man knew how to read and had already read the book. And if the book was irritating as the old man, he said, the boy still had time to change, change it for another. It's a book that says the same thing almost all other books in the world say, continued the old man. It describes people in ability to choose their own personal legends. And it ends up saying that everyone believes the world's greatest lie. What's the greatest lie? The boy asked, completely surprised. It's that a certain point in our lives, we lose control of what's happening around us and our lives become controlled by fate. That's the world's greatest lie. Isn't that interesting? Just a brief break. But it's true, if you really think about it. We try to use fate as some kind of alternative narrative that has really the control that we were foolish enough not to notice. Anyway, getting back to reading the book. That never happened to me, the boy said. They wanted me to be a priest, but I decided to become a shepherd. Much better, said the old man because you really like to travel. He knew what I was thinking. The boy said to himself, the old man meanwhile was leafing through the book without seeming to want to return it at all. The boy noticed that the man's clothing was strange. 
He looked like an Arab, which was not unusual in those parts. Africa was only a few hours from Tarifa. One had only to, to cross a narrow strait by boat. Arabs often appeared in the city, shopping and chanting their strange prayers several times a day. Where are you from? the boy asked. From many places. No one can come from many places, the boy said. I'm a shepherd, and I've been into many places, but I come from only one place, from the city near an ancient castle. That's where I was born. Well, then, we could say that I was born in Salim. The boy didn't know where Salim was, but he didn't want to ask, fearing that he would appear ignorant. He looked at the people in the plaza for a while, and they were coming and going and all of them seemed to be very busy. So what is Salim like? He asked, trying to get some sort of clue. It's like it, it, it's like it always has been. No clue. But he knew that Salim wasn't in it. And Lucia. And if it were, he would already have heard of it. And what do you do in Salim? He insisted. What do I do in Salim? The old man laughed. <laughs> well, I'm the king of Salim. People say strange things about the boy thought. Sometimes it's better to be with the sheep who didn't say anything. And better still to be alone at one's books. They tell you their incredible stories at the time when you wanted to hear them. But when you're talking to people, they say some things that are so strange that you don't know how to continue a conversation. My name is Malachek, said the old man. How many sheep do you have? Enough, said the boy. He could see that the old man wanted to know more about his life. Well then, we've got a problem. I can't help help you if you feel you've got enough sheep. The boy was getting irritated and he wasn't asking for help. It was the old man who had asked for a drink of his wine and started the conversation. Give me my book, said the boy. I have to go and gather my sheep and get going. Give me one-tenth of your treasure, or one-tenth of your sheep, said the old man, and I'll tell you how to find your hidden treasure. The boy remembered his dream, and suddenly everything was clear to him. The old woman hadn't changed or charged any, him anything, but the old man, maybe he was her husband was going to find a way to get much more money in exchange for information about something that didn't even exist. The old man was probably a gypsy too. But before the boy could say anything, the old man learned, leaned over and picked up a stick and began to write it in the sand of the plaza. Something bright reflected from his chest 
with such intensity that the boy was momentarily blinded with a movement that was too quick for someone his age the man covered whatever it was with his cape when his vision returned to normal the boy was able to read what the old man had written in, in the sand there in the sand of the plaza of what a small city the boy read the names of his father and his mother and the name of a seminary he had attended he read the name of the merchant's daughter which he hadn't even known and he read things he had never told anyone i'm the king of selim the old man said why would a king be talking with a shepherd the boy asked odd and embarrassed for several reasons but let's say that the most important is that you have succeeded in discovering your personal legend the boy didn't know what the person's personal legend was it's what you have always wanted to accomplish everyone when they are young knows what their parents personal legend is at that point their lives and everything was clear and everything was possible they're not afraid of a dream to yearn for everything it would like to see happen to their lives but at time as time passes mysterious forces begin to convince them that there will be an impossible for them to realize a personal legend None of what the old man was saying made much sense to the boy, but he wanted to know what was the mysterious force. The merchant's daughter would be impressed when he told her about that. It's a force that appears to be negative, but actually shows you how to realize your personal legend. It pre prepares your spirit and your will because there's one great truth in the planet whoever you are or whatever it is that you do when you really want something it's because you because that desire originated in the soul of the universe it's your mission on earth and even when you all wanted to do is travel or marry the daughter of a textile merchant yes or even search for treasure the soul of the world is nourished by people's happiness and also unhappiness envy and jealousy to realize one's personal legend is a person person's only real obligation all things are one and when you want something all the universe conspires is in helping you to achieve it there are both the silent for the time observing the plaza to the town's people it was the old man who spoke first why do you tend to flock attend a flock of sheep because i like to travel the old man pointed at a baker standing in his shop window at the corner of the plaza when he was a child the man wanted to travel too but he decided first to buy his bakery and put some money aside when he's an old man he's going to spend a month in africa 
never realized that the people are capable at any time in their lives of doing what they dream of. He should have decided to become a shepherd, the boy said. Well, he thought about that, the old man said. But bakers are more important people than shepherds. Bakers have homes, while shepherds sleep out in the open. Parents would rather see their children marry bakers than shepherds. The boy felt a pang in his heart, thinking about the merchant's daughter. There was surely a baker in the town. The old man continued, In the long run, what people think about shepherds and bakers become more important for their own personal legends. The old man leafed through the book and fell to reading a page he came to. The boy waited, then interrupted the old man as he himself had been interrupted. Why are you telling me all this? Because you're trying to realize your personal legend. And you're at the point where you're about to give it all up. Well, we're finishing off on page 25. And maybe next week or later this week, I'll do some more reading from The Alchemist by Pablo Coelho. I highly recommend it if you haven't picked up this book. It's a must read. If you can't read that much, then I'd suggest you uh, go to YouTube. You'll probably find it in the auto audiobooks. Well, thank you so much for spending some time with me on Good Vibes with Jason B. Broadminds and more podcast. You all have a great Saturday night. Mm-hmm.